Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Well, good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, my name's uh, Greg Elliott. I'm one of the people that get to share the word with you uh, here today. So very privileged that I get get to do this. So um, as you know, uh, we are in a series called David, uh, Going After the Heart of God. And if you think about the last few weeks, we've taken these snapshots in First and Second Samuel concerning David. And, you know, you could spend a year on First and Second Samuel. I just love these books of the Bible, uh, what they teach us about how God loves and also of uh, David and Saul and, and Samuel and how they interacted. But, you know, we see in David's life, he had some ups when he was anointed by Samuel. We see that scene where he was the, the least expected, and yet Samuel called him out, and God chose him to be the king of Israel um, to replace Saul, who had kind of turned away from God at that time. And then we see the up of, you know, he defeated Goliath, you know, and we see the scene that we all actually know that as a phrase of, you know, David and Goliath or the Goliaths in our lives. So we kind of know that that was just a positive thing. Then we have the kind of lows in his life, the sin against Uriah and Bathsheba and, and these low points that he had in his life. But Today we're going to consider, I think, one of the things that if you look at all the people in the Old Testament, probably even in the New Testament, I would say, that sets David apart. The thing that really identifies him as a man who is going after the heart of God. And in First and Second Samuel, we get these glimpses of this, and that is the way that David worshipped. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And you would think in his past, you know, you look at some of these snapshots in David's life, you see when he was actually, you know, called to the court of Saul to actually comfort Saul in his distress by playing worship. And so David was known to do that. And then you see the way that David just worshiped strong. You know, he worshiped so strong that his clothes came off. Okay, that's the way I interpret it. Okay, it said, <laughs> it said that he, he worshiped with all of his might and he was in his underoos, you know, worshiping God whenever the ark came to Jerusalem. And so we see that David had just this heart of worship. But the thing that he really, if, you, if you'd look at the mass of what is in the Bible and the, the uh, description and scriptures that we have that worship God, we would consider that mostly to be in the book of Psalms. And Psalms has about 150 chapters in it, and 72 of those chapters were Psalms that were actually written by David. So what I want to do today is actually look at those Psalms, and I, I want to get us into a point where we start to see how David worshiped, and then at the end, we're actually going to uh, create our own psalm, which I'm really looking forward to. Okay, so let's kind of dig in, and maybe before I do this, um, 
I want to describe kind of a nuance as we go into the psalm that I think we need to kind of ascribe to. And, and let me give you an example of this. So have you ever read a description of an object or a description of something, and that thing is never really, that description is never really measured up to that thing that it describes, you know? Um, don't nudge your spouse at this time. That's not the time to do this. But, you know, something that didn't really measure up or something. Um, for example, let me give you this example, okay? So let's take a, consider chocolate, okay? How many people like chocolate here? I mean, you look at this and you're just, your mouth starts going, right? I mean, you could just taste the creaminess of chocolate. But if I, if I say this description... If I said, this is all you know about chocolate, the flavor you know as chocolate is formed during roasting by the Mallard reaction. It requires two types of chemicals, sugar and protein. You're like, man, that does not describe the chocolate that I enjoy, right? I mean, it just falls short, right? That, that, that kind of description. Or how many people here have been to the Grand Canyon? You've been to Grand Canyon? Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, you go up and whichever rim you go to and, and where we went, whenever you see the sunrise and set on the Grand Canyon, it's just beautiful there, especially in the evening where you have all of those orange colors that come out. But if we would read a description of it, like the Grand Canyon has steep rims that towers of different colored rocks. Some rocks are dark, some rocks are light. When the sun shines, the colors change. You know, you read that and you're like, man, that just does not get it, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't get it. Well, in the Bible, sometimes I come to the Bible and I feel like I come to the Bible as an engineer. You know, I come and I look at the description that the Bible has about God, and I just kind of study it, and I learn about theology, and I love doing that, and I, I, I love looking into those things, and, and I, I'm, you know, I love that, you know, this church, we really try to do that whenever we teach, but, you know, Psalms is different. You know, Psalms is really not written for the engineer. It's written for the artist. You know, Psalm, we go to Psalms, and Psalms isn't trying to say these are the five steps to become a Christian or these are the, you know, five ways that, that God will interact with your life. No, Psalms get, gives us that artistry. Psalms says, come on in. I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to feel what that relationship with God is like. I want you to experience God. And that's what we're going to do when we look at Psalms today. We're going to look at Psalms and we are going to have in our minds, how can we experience God in Psalms? It's kind of the difference if I went to a seminary, whatever seminary it was, whether it's Fuller Seminary or whatever seminary we go to, and I'd ask the seminary professor to describe who Jesus is. But then I go to the person that came off the streets, was drug addicted, was at the lowest point of their life, and I asked and turned around and accepted Jesus and follows him, and I ask him what Jesus is. That's what Psalms is doing. We're going to get a glimpse into David's life just as he journaled about God. You know, as he tried to say, this is how I experience God. And I'm going to kind of parse it out into five different ways that God has us to experience, or that, that David has us experiencing God.
and then we're going to combine them at, an end, at the end and do something ourselves, okay? So you ready to dig in to some Psalms? Okay, so let's go, let's go for it. The first thing is that Psalms expresses the majesty of God. The Psalms express the majesty of God. You know, when greatness becomes something different that causes that sense of awe. Let me just read a psalm. There's no better way to, to do this than just read some psalms. Okay, so Psalm 8, 1 through 9. Now think of the majesty of God that's described in here. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of ch children and infants you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence foes and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them, crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the work of your hands and put everything under their feet, all the flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the skies and the fish in the sea, all that swims in the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. You know, when's the last time in your prayer that you thought, this is who I'm praying to? I am praying to the creator of the universe. How majestic is his name? I mean, how, how many times do, you, do we start our prayers and, and we just kind of get going? These are the things I need. These are the things I want. This is who I care about. All those things are good, but just David here just pauses and saying, let's consider, let's enjoy the God that, that we're with. You know, and I love how, you know, some of you experience God by going into nature and you just feel that that relieves you of some of the things that you bring to this relationship. And I'll tell you, as a scientist, I enjoy God and his creation that he's designed. I mean, I get to, as a scientist, discover the things that God has put in place. That's what I get paid to do. That's the way I look at it. And I am in awe all the time by things that we discover. And it's like, I can't believe God did that and put those things in place like that. Let me give you an example of one. Um, this is actually a picture that was taken from the Hubble telescope in about 2012. And they assembled over 50 days all of these images. Now, before this picture was taken, if you think about it, it up until the 1600s, we thought the earth was the, the land, the earth was all there was. And then Galileo discovered the, that there's a solar system that we revolve around the sun. And then a guy named Immanuel Kant actually came and said, no, we're part of a Milky Way galaxy with billions of stars. And then we, we started to look, and there's a few other galaxies out there. But then the Hubble took this picture, and this picture, if you look at the moon, it's about... It's about a diameter that's about a, thir a 32nd of the moon. So take the moon diameter and then shrink it down to a 32nd. So they're just looking at that dark point, and this is what they see. All of these are galaxies, 5,000 galaxies the size of ours. Now think about this. 
Our God created that. It's amazing. I mean, I, and I, I love this, what it does, because it's like, this is how big I think God is. And then it's like, no, I just discovered this is how big God is. And I think we can do that in our lives. I mean, I think we're going to discover more things and, and go, I thought God was only that big, but God is so much bigger. And it's kind of neat, even in the Psalms, they have this thing that recurs in the Psalms. It's called Selah. Sometimes you'll see that in the Psalm, there's just this little phrase. It's called Selah. They're not sure exactly what it meant, but sometimes people think what they've studied is that it was just a time of pause to say Selah. It was a time of pause as people would read the psalm or chant the psalm. They would pause, and, and it means just think about that. Isn't that cool? You know, think of this. This is one time they said it. Psalm 2410, it says, Who is the King of glory? Who is the Lord of hope? He is the King of glory. Just think about that. As we go to Psalms, we are expressing and looking into many of them express the majesty of God. Let's look at a second thing that they look at. And that is they express the characteristics of God. Let me read a few of these. This is Psalm 145, 8 through 21. Some of these I have, some of them I don't. I don't think I have this one uh, printed out. But I'll read it to you. Um, some of the characteristics of God that are in this psalm. Uh, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time, you open your hand and satisfy to the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. Do you ever meditate on the characteristics of God? You know, can you think of the characteristics that God has shown in your life when he was trustworthy, faithful, that he loves you, that he provides for you, that he is powerful over all your circumstances? You know, I find this whenever I look for these things in Psalm, there, there, there's a certain time in my life that these things are really, really help. So uh, I don't think I'll have you raise your hand for this one, but I will raise my hand. I am a professional warrior. I am really good at worrying. You know, I can see something on my skin and all of a sudden I'm chopping off my arm. I mean, I am that level of warrior. You know, and I just go down, and, and those that are warriors, you know, we get on this train, and it's just, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But if you ask me what I worried about five years ago, I can't even tell you, you know. <laughs> and some of the things, sometimes we just need to get off that train of worry. And I'll tell you, looking at the Psalms can do that for you. You know, if you feel yourself building up, and starting to worry, you know, one good step to get your emotions in check a little bit is look at the Psalms. Look at what God is. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He's trustworthy in all of his promises. You start reading those things, and all of a sudden you derail that, that worry train, you know, and get, 
God to actually deal with the things that need dealt with. So that's the second thing, is the Psalms express the characteristics of God. Uh, the third thing is that Psalms express what we would like God to do, um, particularly when it comes to asking God to change us. You know, there's a bold prayer, God change me. Man, you want a, <laughs> you want a bold prayer. I dare you to pray that. I dare you to go out of here today and go, go, God, I don't need anything else. Would you just change me? Man, that is a bold prayer. You know, whenever I was following Liz's lead from last week, I will now talk about my spouse. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> Give me permission to do that, okay? And Jeanette's not here today. That's fine, you know, so I get to talk to you. Okay, so whenever Jeanette and I, we worked a little bit for Youth for Christ, uh, for a while, and we we're kind of in a rural area. We had this great group of kids, and it was a lot of fun. And this was, and uh, we were doing that before, while we were dating. I think we were doing that. And um, I still remember this. We were under this oak tree, and we we're just, you know, doing one of those couple things, you know. And then uh, before we met with the kids, we said, "Well, let's pray here, and you know, see what's going to happen." And so Jeanette goes and prays, and she she goes. Father God, I just really pray that you would make me a more humble person. And I was like, ooh, yeah, that's all right, man. <laughs> you know? And, and this is true. You can ask her. All of a sudden, a white package from the tree came amazingly down onto her shoulder and made her humble. It was amazing. <laughs> there was this bird that Almighty God used, you know, <laughs> anytime you want to ask God to change you, there's a good prayer. There's a good prayer, a challenging prayer, you know, and he will do that, you know. Let's look at this, Psalm 141, 1 through 10. I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lip. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil. Man, there's a prayer God's going to answer. So that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares that they have led for me. Let the wicked fall in their own nets while I pass by safely. Man, you pray something like that, God is going to answer prayers like that every single time. And remember that whenever we ask God about something, whether it's to change us or change a situation or, or to help us to have wisdom, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't want to ask God that. No, this honors God. Do you know what that does? Whenever you say, whenever you say that God and, and you ask him for something, you're saying, God's God. He can do this. You know, I'm, I myself am so honored when someone asks me to come and, and build something for them or fix. You know, you're like, oh, you think I got skills. That's pretty cool, you know. God, yeah, Nancy's laughing out there, right? So, the, uh, you know, there's so many times that we think that God just doesn't want to really mess around with our little things. No, man, God's majestic. He has no problem of, of keeping you know, the world the way it, the way it is and, and, and providing his will 
uh, through hearts and minds, and also taking care of the needs that you have. He can do all of those things at once. And at, at Life Vineyard Church, we believe in big prayers. We don't believe that you just need to, you know, these are the only kinds of prayers you can ask. No, we can ask some big prayers of God. We can ask for peace of the world. Lord, bring us peace. We need it to come through you. We can ask for big, big prayers, you know, protect my child as they go to college, you know, just get them with some good friends that are going to help them to grow up into your ways. Man, we can, we can get some big prayers for, before God. The other thing, the fourth thing that, that the Psalms do, and let me give you this example, the Psalms express how we feel. You know, one of the reasons Psalms are so deeply loved by so many Christians is that they give expression to our amazing array of emotions. You know, listen to this list, loneliness. I am lonely and afflicted, afflicted, Psalm 25. Love, I love you, O Lord, my strength, Psalm 18. Um, a broken and contrite heart, O Lord, you will not despise. Um, why are you so cast down, O my soul? Why are you so cast down? And why are you in tor- turmoil within me? Or jo- joy, you have put more joy in my heart than they with their grain and their wine abound. Gladness, I will be glad and exalt you, Lord. My eye wastes away because of grief. You know, there's nothing that helps a relationship more as if we can express our emotions to each other. And, and God can take our real feelings. You know, sometimes we think, okay, the kind of feelings I need to go with to God are with joy, happiness, you know, God, I love you. No, God can take all your emotions. You know, look at the emotions that, that David gives in Psalms. Psalm 13, 1 through 6. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumphant over me? Look at me and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. You see how that just turns around? I mean, you just express how you feel to God. I mean, it's great. God knows your heart. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know. Express it to him, because then God just does the, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's heal you, okay? So the Psalms do that. They express how our, we feel. And the last thing is, the Psalms express what God has done for us. You know, let's look at Psalm 40, 1 through 10. I wait patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put our trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many 
Lord, my, my God, are the wonders that you have done, the things that you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I, were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. You know, have you thought about what God's done for you recently? I mean, there are certain things that I just kind of go back to, and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling a little lonely right now, but man, I remember... Uh, when I was alone in my apartment and thought everything had been lost and you were there for me and you had a buddy of mine call. I said, I remember that. Lord, thank you so much for that. You know, just those things that God's done for us. You know, having those memories, having those, those testimonies of what God's done for us can really switch our minds around too. So this is what we see in the Psalms. We see these five, five things yeah. We see the expression of majesty, the characteristics of God. We see a person expressing how they feel towards God, what God's done for them, and what they would like God to do. And so now, we're going to do something a little different, okay? We're going to write a song, a psalm, or speak out a psalm. This is going to be a psalm of Life Vineyard Church. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to go through each one of those. And all I want you to do is just, and particularly people that are, if you're shy, if you can just say one sentence that would fit into our psalm today. I want to, we want to hear from you of these different things. And I'm going to pray in a minute for the Holy Spirit to just come upon us and to put ideas into your head about these different things, and we are all going to get to enjoy how God talks to you and the things that you will express. You don't have to say a lot, just one or two sentences as we go through the psalm. And so can we do that? And if you would, why don't we just uh, go ahead and stand up for this? Um, and then even if the worship uh, band wants to come up here, and we're just going to do... Do this, and then uh, Jason will be leading us in a time of worship here. But all I'm going to do is I'm just going to express one of these five things. And um, as God brings that sentence to your mind, just shout it out, okay? So let me just pray over us here first. Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would bring things to people's minds. Uh, you want to express to all of us today who you are and what you're doing in our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that people would have courage to speak the things that you're putting in their minds in Christ's name. And we look forward to you being here. So, all right, now I just ask uh, a few of you out loud to just express the majesty of God, maybe as it compares to nature, but how majestic is God to you? At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.